Like Family with Brenda Donoghue. In this edition of Like Family, I meet families living their lives as 2020 turns to winter, the close of a year like no other, when let's face it, nothing turned out as we expected. And you can join the conversation on Twitter at Brenda Donoghue or email brenda at rte.ie. There's even been unexpected joy. How could you ever be sad when you have that? Like, seriously. I live for the giggles. I live for them. Yes, I do. I first met Emma when she was cocooning during the spring lockdown. And now Emma and Dave have three five-month-old baby girls. And this is their first Halloween, as big sister Casey explains. So... For Halloween, we're going to dress the babies up as little baby cubs. My dad is going to be Tiger King and my mum is going to be Carol Baskin. (laughs) And the way that we're going to dress them up is we're going to put little onesies on them that looks like tigers and then they're going to have little mittens that look like paws. How cute are they going to be? Oh, they're going to be so cute. All the children are thriving. They're absolutely flying now, to be honest. They're huge. Yeah, they're all legs and arms doing their little dances and smirking and bright-eyed and gummy smiles. But, yeah, it's amazing to watch them come on, man. It really is from... Like, I was looking at pictures of them when they were only born the other day and they were absolutely tiny. I could nearly fit them in one hand. Now I'm struggling to hold one of them in my whole arm, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's great to see them coming on. So alert, so happy, so healthy. And I believe you hit a major milestone. They're sleeping from about half seven at night till about six, seven in the morning if you're very lucky. But uh, yeah, let's just hope that continues or maybe even extends it a little bit. Maybe stay till 9am, girls. Eh? <laughs> Any teeth? The teeth are on their way in a, in a huge way. Mm. <laughs> I was feeling Callie's gums that I put a little bit of the gel on and I, I was thinking I could feel a little something sharp there now as well. Yeah, they're definitely coming out now they are, so just waiting on one to break the surface and uh, get the teeth party started, I suppose you could say, Brenda. <laughs> Last time I was here we were chatting and we were talking about the the anxiety if there was another lockdown and the reality is here we are, level five, so first of all, what does that mean for yourselves and I suppose your big support circle that you have? Basically just taking the whole circle away from us really, isn't it? Like there's no one allowed to come in. Emma's ma's gonna be able to come up now. She's a part of the social bubble, I think it's called, is it? So she'll be able to come in and help us out. But there was people coming up most weekends and most days and even just taking them for twenty minutes while you had a shower or a coffee or something was a huge help. But that's that's gonna be taken away completely now. So we're gonna be drowning in it for the next few weeks, but uh Sure, that's the storm we're in at the minute, mm. Brenda. You know, we're just going to have to deal with it, aren't we? Um, and how are you feeling about it? Can I talk to about yeah, this? Because this please, is something that is so on my mind. Like, yeah. So, <clears throat> my dad is my nanny's carer. And they live in Dublin. And obviously, we haven't been able to go even because we can't cross the border. So, that's something that's like... 
my dad is very careful about who comes in and out anyway because my nanny is going to be 94 mm. you know like my dad in lockdown the last time played a blinder you know he was on his own an awful lot and being on your own with no adult company and you know he's not a tech whiz so what's on your mind then i i'll be crying again on antenna but i don't know like i already missed them mm. you know that's hard for me mm. so i already i'm very close to my dad you know, my dad's only child, and and without sounding silly, but like he's my friend as well as my dad, you know. And he adores Casey and the girls, you know. And it's just we're kind of we're we're missing out on time, and time really is of the essence when it comes to me nanny and stuff like that as well. So, yeah, yeah, you know how I feel. <laughs> But um, look, we can do it. You so cross the border. I'm you sitting here crying, and then yeah. I'm saying to myself, "What are you crying for? Because it's not going to change anything. But you're allowed to be sad, you know. I am on the phone to my dad every day. You know, I'm talking to my dad every day. We do videos and we send them to him on his WhatsApp, and he can see the girls every day um, through the videos and whatever. And especially with their milestones and they're laughing and they're giggling and whatever they're doing, it's nice to share it. God, wouldn't it be just brilliant to share it in person? So both of you, if you can close your eyes, take me through the end of level five. It's Christmas for me. Like, I am actually sitting here with my eyes closed now and I can see my dad and my nanny are here for Christmas with the girls and everybody is enjoying each other's company. The house is all Christmassy. We've got the Christmas decorations going. The lights are all twinkling. I just want everybody to enjoy time with each other. That is it. I'm going to say it again, again. <laughs> oh, oh, my life is changing every day in every possible way. Molly did much better in the leaving than she expected. I, I can't believe it. Like, I was really self-doubting myself. But, like, four, like I, got, I got 130, I got 130 more points than I needed. I just can't believe it, like, it's mad. Are you proud, Mammy? Oh, I am. <laughs> New phase of her life now, Brenda. Off to college. Yeah. God, do you I remember know. those days? I know, I remember them well. I yeah. was trying to tell her about when I was in college and we'd be eating them. Tins of tuna. Yeah, the tins of tuna yeah. and the barbecue the barbecue noodles because that's all you could afford and she's looking at me in horror like really (laughs) like but look it's all life learning isn't it molly is now a student at ucc living away from home we can only talk by phone because for the past 13 days she's been in self-isolation in her student accommodation in Cork. Oh God, it's just been a bit of a roller coaster ride now, Brenda. I'm just, I didn't think, I did not think that my first few weeks of college would be like this. Um, I'm actually just fed up at the moment. Um, what happened? Oh God, so I ended up being a close contact of three positive coronavirus cases, which is just not ideal. So at the moment, I'm actually finishing my quarantine period. So I had to self-isolation, self-isolate up here in Cork in my little cardboard box of a room for 14 days. I had to get a test done, which thankfully I'm negative. Um, But it has just been oh such a rocky start to the college life. Like I just, re- I really did not expect this to happen at all. 
basically two of my friends up in Cork tested positive and I went home two weekends ago and I was with my cousin who's in college up in Galway and she also tested positive so I was getting it from both ends I got it got a close contact at home and two up here so Cork isn't the only place to blame <laughs> so um it was just oh, it's very stressful a week like because when you think of it like when all your friends are coming back positive you're not only thinking about yourself like, oh my God, I could be positive, but you're thinking about them and you're thinking like, oh my God, the poor thing, like how must they be feeling right now? And they're obviously so stressed because they're positive and they're stressing out about us as well. So it's kind of like everyone's stressed about everyone, not only themselves, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. What's it like quarantining? How's it been on you and everyone around you? Well, like, naturally, it was just really, really, really tough for everyone. Not only me, like, in, in my house, but obviously all of my housemates were affected by this. Like, and they have been just brilliant. Like, they're bringing me my lunch and my dinner every day and the cups of tea are coming on tap. But, like, it was tough for them as well because they couldn't go home last weekend in fear because I didn't get my result. I had had my result yet, so I could have been positive and... They couldn't go home because in case they were going to infect their families as well. So you're in accommodation in Cork. What's it like there being stuck in the room all the time? It's not great. Like, uh, I'm just, I'm really lonely as well. You know, you would, you'd miss home and I'm just really upset. Like, I am bored. I'm, I'm in my room now. I'm still in my room um, and I'm going home tomorrow back to Dungarvan because my two weeks of isolation is up. Oh, Brenda, like, I just cannot wait to go home, like, to my mum's cooking. My dad's cooking as well. <laughs> I won't complain about dad's cooking. Um, My own bed, fresh sheets, my own lovely pyjamas, like, to see my brother as well, like, my teddies. Oh, like, I miss my teddies so much. Like, I feel like such a, a baby talk saying that, but, like, I actually genuinely missed Simba and Nala. <laughs> Oh. So yeah, I'm just I just cannot wait to go home like The garden of the women's refuge is peaceful. It's one of 38 run by Safe Ireland. I get talking to a young mother and to protect her identity, we've distorted her voice. However, she couldn't have imagined that she would ever find a sense of home in a refuge. I was a mix of emotions. Sad, angry that I had to leave my home. You know, frustrated, um, nervous, all in the one. I was a bit of a mess coming in, you know. I'm trying to get a sense of that night when you left... And what brought you to that point? I was very isolated from my friends and my family. It was a very lonely time. And I put up a lot for myself, to myself, uh, which mothers do. But when it starts to impact my children, that was when I knew, you know, they weren't going to be put through much more. Enough was enough. Um... They were on edge, um, little things, minute things like finishing their dinner and they'd sit there and make themselves finish because they knew he'd go absolutely mental if they didn't. 
they were nervous about getting things wrong or then they were quiet now I have three boys roaring and shouting all the time there's no they were just I suppose a fear of saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing or getting me in trouble or you know that's the way that's how since we've left that's what they've told me they were worried that they'd say something that mammy might get in trouble and that's terrible you know it's coming up through therapy and it's coming out through other things and you know the impact has been huge you know they've come a long way when we arrived the children were very stuck to me I couldn't even leave a room and they, you could see it like they were anxious um, this, the younger one wasn't even really talking when we left now he'd sing a book sing a song for you he's really come on um, the two older ones have come on as well they um, have settled more into themselves they're more content they're happier they're smiling going around you don't realise the impact being in um, that situation has on children they, like, you might think they're not picking up or you're hiding this from them but I can really see even the smallest how much it impacted them I suppose they can sense it off me that I'm in a better place and that goes through the three of them um, I can see huge changes in them they're just relaxed in their ears and it took a while but I'm definitely seeing the benefits now you must be so proud of them. Yeah, I'm so proud of them and how well they've done and how they've gotten through it. When I look at them, I know I've done the right thing. You know, I made the right decision for us all. So, Lauren, when you look at you when you come in here, compared to the nice sunshine we're having now in October, how are you and yourself? I'm more content to myself. I'm feeling more confident. I know that I didn't deserve um, half that I was put through. Like at the time, you kind of think, um, am I doing something wrong here? You blame yourself. You're nearly sure it's something you must be doing. But I know that no matter what someone does, they don't deserve to be treated like that. And I know, I suppose... My confidence is going because I'm doing it. I'm getting on with things. Things that I thought I wouldn't be able to do. And I'm studying. The kids are going to school. And that all helps. And what gives you hope? I just think I've come so far in such a small amount of time. And looking at the kids, they've come so far. And I just think, imagine where I'd be in a year's time if I keep going this way. You know? In every possible way, the tide has turned for her and her children. Caroline didn't expect that a parenting trick her father used when she was a little girl would rescue her this year. Well, I often remember when I was younger and say if myself and my sisters had a little, uh, a little fight, Dad would bundle us up into the car and he'd bring us down to the sea. And I think he always just felt that it had a calming effect on us. And it, it definitely did. Because every time that during our teens or our 20s, 
that we would we were low or we weren't feeling great or college was getting too intense or we had a breakup one of us would take the other out to the sea and it really just brings this amazing calming it's almost like safe force but there's such energy in it that it just grounds you and I've rediscovered the sea again this year and for me Brenda it's just been it's been life-changing it's gotten me through the really tough times the anxiety um, and it's just brought so many good times and friendships as well I'm standing here about to get into the sea in your lovely swimming togs <laughs> in the rain what are you thinking uh, I get very nervous excited giddy almost um, and hopeful yeah they're all the kind of amazing emotions that you experience um, over one simple act of just jumping into the sea Carlan's business is Sweet Beef Cafe in Sligo Town. Her dine-in restaurant now does takeaway food and coffees. As much as a cup of coffee might sound silly, it's what makes some people's day. And I think it's the, it's the interaction, it's the human interaction that we're all lacking. There's no hugs, there's no handshakes, there's no high fives, do you know? But the chat and the smile and having the crack and just being there for one another. I absolutely love the job that I'm in and I think... The reason why I love it so much more now is because so many people are restricted in their movements and in their interactions. But yeah, we're very fortunate here in that we get to interact with people every day and all day long. Are you happy to be back opened again? When a team member contracted COVID-19, the whole operation shut down for two weeks. Um, I, I wouldn't be an anxious person, um, but this week I really experienced high levels of anxiety. And I guess it was thinking, you know, do I have it? Am I asymptomatic? Was I the person who gave it to them? Um, you know, thinking, are all the other staff safe? There would be staff. We do social distance as much as we can and work, but there are moments where you could be standing beside each other. Um, but again, all the staff wear masks. So I was kind of like, I was reassured in a way that we all wear masks, we all follow procedure. But at the same time, what if someone else gets it? Do you know, there's always that feeling at the pit of your stomach and you're just thinking the worst. And you can't help it. You know, this year has brought us so many challenges and that really showed me just, you know, how to, how our team got through it together. They are what got me through the two weeks off. And knowing that, like, we were in all weekend working together to get this place reopened today, that's, it just shows you, like, people are just like family when you're working so closely together. I, I honestly wouldn't know what to do if I lost this place. It's, it's everything to me, do you know? Um, it's everything to our family. You know, when I come home, you know, mum's like, what's the news of the day? Who did you meet? You know, like all that kind of stuff. And my, like my, with the work that my, my dad did um, when we were younger, like he was a really social job. And I think I learned to love that from him. Uh, Hannah May is two in December. Yeah. She's brilliant. She is so full of sass and character. We're a little team, myself and Hannah May. And um, I do this for her, do you know. I want to show her like what hard work is. I feel very fortunate that so far we've been able to stay open and keep everyone in jobs and keep our family business going. I find once you get out into the garden and you get your hands into the earth, it's just really calming. I think for 
um, lockdown it was really important and actually even in the community it's funny when things started running out locally you know with the suppliers um, I put up on a local page that anyone got a bit of lawn seed because I had a tiny bit and I got lawn seed and we were swapping strawberry plants with a neighbour so I think that uh, it was good in terms of it allowed people communicate who maybe hadn't before but then also for me to just get out and give gardening a go I found it very beneficial. That's the daffodils and the uh, tulips down there and um, they're just five centimetres below the surface and yeah. then they're kind of the start of the new gardening year is the spring bulbs, they all start to come up um, any time from uh, late February, kind of depends on the weather. It is quite upsetting I suppose to think I'm after putting some bulbs down in the front lawn the other day and I don't know if I will be here in this spring or I, I nobody knows that actually mm. but even the act of just planting them I get so much out of that to think that even long after I go a daffodil like procreates so many times and you start with one and then you have a massive bunch of them and it is kind of bittersweet but I think it's more to enjoy the little things I can do while I can right now so that if that includes a bit of gardening I'm happy to give it a go yeah. The virus Eileen is worried about is the HPV virus. She did well with her initial cervical cancer treatment two years ago but the cancer is back. So about two months ago um, I was I have two dogs so I'm a big dog lover and me and my son were going to walk them on the beach and one of them shot off and I was trying to call her and I couldn't catch my breath I couldn't I couldn't raise my voice at all um so I actually went to the GP and um it's cervical cancer which has spread to my lung and my lymph nodes um but it also means it's a reoccurrence so they don't treat to cure now they treat to control so uh, ideally I will have 12 weeks of this cycle of chemotherapy and my body will react positively and it could be the start of a journey of ongoing treatment or my body could not react favorably and then I'll be looking at some kind of drug trial to hopefully uh, give me as much uh, time as I can get. You've written in your blog about your anxiety about Seamus and some of the things that you may not be able to share with him. So I'm um, <laughs> I'm literally a, a Hallmark card kind of person. I like to celebrate anything for Seamus. Um, I have every piece of paper he's probably touched up there in the attic. And yeah, so like for me, like every good Irish mammy, the next one would be the junior and then the leaving and then the Debs and then... The, Sorry, the, the holiday. The holiday, <laughs> yeah, the, the teen holiday, um, the job, the travel, um, hopefully getting married and maybe having children. And yeah, that just literally tears me up to think that I won't be there. But I'd like to think that as long as I'm here, the impact I have on him will carry forward and that he will be the good person that I have tried hard to rear. Mm. I know we're both teary discussing. <laughs> Seamus and not being around for him but at the same time you're kind of hit by your warmth and positivity. It's easier to wake up and to try and smile and bring yourself along than to wake up miserable. Um, 
it's not like automatic. Sometimes I have to think, oh, I just have had enough and I'm only in treatment a week and I have a lot of pain at the minute. And I don't like other people seeing me like that. The HPV vaccine arrived too late for Eileen. Right now, in 10 years from now, if everyone uh, partook in the screening programmes and the vaccine, we could have no HPV-related cancers in Ireland. I mean, that is somebody's mother, daughter, sister, father, brother, that's still here. Like, that means I would still be here. If the vaccine was there, I would jump up and down and I'd take it. It's too late now uh, for me. So Eileen, with everything you're in the middle of, what gives you hope? I'd say people. Um, The people in my community, the people that I work with, um, people I don't even know. Um, So I have been trying to, you know, publicise my journey a bit. So... As a result, a lot of people have found out about it. And it's just the kindness of people, people I haven't spoke to for so long, getting in touch and just reaching out from as far away as China and just saying if I need anything that they're right there. And I really believe them. To find her blog, just Google Eileen Rush. So whether it's the garden, the sea, or the kindness of people around you that's keeping you going. I wish you and your family well this bank holiday. Thanks to all the families who spoke to me and thank you for listening. (laughs) 